This episode was co-produced with Energy Startup Day, an event which connects startups from the areas of clean tech, energy, mobility and smart buildings with incumbent companies and public institutions. Every year, Energy Startup Day also gives out three awards. The Public Choice Award, Investor's Choice and Expert's Choice. Last year's winners were Insolite, Echnoton and Blue Act Technologies. And over the next three Mondays, we'll be sharing our conversations with each of the three founders. If there are any other bonus series you would like to see from us, feel free to drop us a line at info at If we as a society want to achieve the switch to renewable energy, if we want to solve our climate problems, we have to think about how to produce the electricity we use. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Lillian, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur bonus episode. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Sylvan. It's great being here at Swisspreneur. Lillian, you are the co-founder and CEO at Echnaton, a company with the mission to empower energy providers and their customers to efficiently make the switch to renewable energies. To that end, you provide a B2B software services to energy providers. And with your innovative matching algorithm for peer-to-peer -peer trading of locally produced solar electricity and insightful data visualization, you bring energy communities to life. We're going to talk about your journey, how you built the company. And in the first place, we want to know what actually motivated you to start your own company. Well, yeah, that, that's uh, a longer, a longer story. Um, I met my, uh, my co-founders um, at our former chair at ETH, where we did our PhDs together. And back in uh, 2017, we came to that uh, research project called Quartierstrom in which we built Switzerland's first local energy market. It was super innovative back then. Um, we were being told we were crazy, wanting, wanting to try something like that. But yeah, we still stick to it. Uh, we built our prototype, threw it out into the field. And after that, people told us, you should continue as a startup. Have you ever thought about that? Um, we want to see you out there. And yeah, we, we were really overwhelmed by that and finally decided we want to give it a try and to found our startup. Awesome. And, you know, we already heard a bit what you do, but what's the exact specific problem that you actually solve with Echnaton? If we as a society want to achieve the switch to renewable energy, if we want to solve our climate problems, we have to think about how to produce the electricity we use. Solar is a great opportunity here. Um, actually, Switzerland has a great potential of solar electricity, but we're not using it yet. Uh, today, we use 3% of our potential, and we strongly believe that we have to change that. And um, we basically see different things that we have to achieve on our path to a green energy system. And one thing is certainly that we have to make solar electricity economically more attractive for individuals. I mean, Switzerland has a great purchasing power and people could theoretically invest in it, but many people don't know about it or the return on investment is too bad. 
So that's why we're working on a self-sustainable system that makes investment in renewable energy fun and easy. That's the first part. But then think about the future. Think about we have solar panels everywhere installed. We all drive around in electric vehicles. You maybe also have a stationary battery storage system at your house. To manage all of these so-called distributed energy resources, we need technology. We need algorithms that are capable of crunching the data down. Uh, we need billing algorithms that are capable of yeah, putting a financial number to our electricity. And this is what we do at Echnaton. In a nutshell, we basically rebuild physical energy flows in a digital way so that we can then use the data and visualize it so that we all understand it and that we all also can see it on our bank account. Awesome. And, and actually, in order to make that happen, you also need a strong team. So I wonder what experience does your team bring to the table to actually, you know, really make this a reality? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about a team, right? We're a young startup. The team is everything we got. Um, we are three co-founders. My background is in consumer technology in the energy sector. I studied information systems and I focused on consumer-facing technologies right from the start during my batches already. So I was always concerned with how do we build information technology that motivates us to contribute to the energy transition. My co-founder Arne, he's a mechanical engineer. He started coding when he was 14. Um, some people say he's the, the nerdy hacker. Um, and yeah, so um, he basically built the whole architecture of our solution. And without him, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. And my second co-founder, Anselma, she's a data scientist. Um, she's really strong with handling data. Um, she um, is the one that designs our tariffs and she's the one that actually builds our matching algorithm that determines who trades electricity with whom in our energy community. Um, so it's all about the team. We have different backgrounds, yet at the same time, uh, we have very, very much uh, common interests and uh, we have a common history at the same chair at ETH Zurich. Um, but also here, the idea of that chair really is to create interdisciplinary teams where you pair a technical guy with someone from uh, psychology and business all together in order to really create uh, pleasant user experiences for, for our users out there. Fantastic. And you recently, in December, also won uh, an award at the Energy Startup Days. You won the Investor's Choice Award. And... You know, when we talk about awards, do you think that these are actually helpful for you as a startup? Yes, definitely. I mean, we feel super honored about having won this award. Um, I think all of these awards appreciate our work. Um, it's not so easy uh, from the outside. Uh, 
what we really do, how much we, how much or how hard we work for all of this. Uh, so it really is an appreciation, and we in turn appreciate the appreciation. Um, no, and I think uh, these awards give us visibility, which is great. Um, as a young startup, you need uh, public attention. You need all the visibility you can get out there on the market. And therefore, these awards are really, really great. Um, and I'm glad uh, that award-wise, it's going quite well for us. Um, it was not the first award we won in the last time. And yeah, it it makes us feel honored, and I I really I'm really thankful for for having these moments uh, as a young startup. So it's really an appreciation, as you said, but also I can imagine a motivation boost for the whole team to keep on going on that journey. If we talk, you know, besides the awards, what other milestones have you recently achieved with your company? Yeah, you're mentioning it. Uh, awards can't be everything. Uh, at the end of the day, you have to uh, build up a successful company and you have to focus on customers. You have to focus on product development, on cash flow. Uh, you're totally right. Um, so we recently signed a deal with our second pilot customer, which is uh, very great for us. Um, we are um, partnering with a utility company, so an energy provider uh, from Austria. We are um, building up our second energy community there in Austria. Um, and here again, the idea is that we have two households that can share solar electricity with each other. Um, so let's say we have John and Julia. John owns a solar system and Julia is John's neighbor who doesn't have an own uh, a own solar system, but who would like to participate in the energy transition. With our app, Julia can buy John's electricity, uh, which in turn is also good for John because it um, enhances the profitability of John's solar system. Um, so this is basically what our product does. Um, we handle all the billing in the background and obviously the community is not only about John and Julia, but there is many more people in that community. In Austria, um, we have a special case. We do not only have photovoltaic systems in the community, but we also have a local farmer that has a biogas power plant. Um, which is also a very nice way of show showing how we can support the energy transition with other energy sources than solar. Um, yeah, the second uh, community in, in Austria is about to go live, but we also signed another customer deal with a customer for whom we make a small um, concept paper. Um, this is also great for us because we get to know the customer quite well and we get to know the IT infrastructure the customer has. Um, so these are some milestones on the customer side. We have further customers in the pipeline. And then we're also um, obviously quite active with fundraising. As a young startup, you always have to see uh, that you don't have to stop because of money. So um, yeah, we are fundraising. Um, it's a challenging process, but I quite like it. You get to know many people. You talk about your company a lot. You really understand where where your flaws are still. You you get a lot of feedback, and it's just an amazing journey. Um, 
talking to so many great people and getting so valuable feedback. And at the end of the day, it makes your company a bit better with every conversation you have. And this is quite amazing to, to observe also like from the outside. And a question that you also often get when you're fundraising is, how does the competitive landscape look like? So can you take us a bit on the journey to competitors? Are there any? If so, how do you also differentiate yourself? Yes, I mean, that's one of the, the most common questions out there. Actually, it's quite funny because um, sometimes you get the question, are there even competitors out there? Aren't you too early for the market? Um, today at the pitch, I was asked, aren't you a bit too late to the party? So you see there's always uh, different views. And I think this is also something you learn when, when fundraising. Um, there's different views out there. Uh, there's different feedback you get. And at the end of the day, you have to decide what feedback to incorporate in and what feedback um, might not be relevant at this point in time. For our competitors, um, yes, there are competitors. And I'm actually happy that there are competitors because if you're in a market without competitors at all, you're in the wrong market because then you're either on a complete wrong track or uh, you're way too early. No, so we have competitors, which is, uh, which is relieving in that sense. Um, we do have competitors in Switzerland. We do have competitors in Germany, Austria, but also from Netherlands. There's one in Australia. Um, there's one in, in the US. So there are competitors out there. And then typically the next question is, how do you dif differentiate? Um, what are you doing different? Um, in general, we can say there is three types of energy communities out there. There is same property communities. That sounds a bit hard to understand, but it's basically, uh, you can imagine it like a large apartment building and the land or landlord decides to install a solar system on top of that. And then he sells the electricity he produces to his tenants. Um, it's the most simple version of an energy community because the electricity you kind of send around, even though, as a side note, you cannot influence the way uh, electrons flow in our grid. Um, but um, the electricity you send around in this apartment building does never touch the um, grid infrastructure of your utility. Um, so therefore, it's all on the same property. It's basically behind the, the central connection point to the um, public grid. Um, therefore, it is uh, from that perspective a little bit more easier than, than what we do. At the other side, um, it's also a product that is facing towards these landlords. Um, it's not as scalable as other solutions. Um, but it is very promising from the financial side for these landlords to for these land landlords to install a solar system and then sell it to the apartments. So this is the same property um, community. Then we have virtual communities. Uh, think about a household trading electricity, a Zurich-based household trading electricity with a Geneva-based household in Switzerland. This is not possible yet, 
because the um, Swiss electricity market is still fully regulated. But once the market opens up, like it did in other European countries, this is a thinkable scenario for the future. Um, here, the electricity definitely touches the public grid infrastructure and household A and B have to pay for that. This is quite understandable. Um, with these virtual communities, we can sell directly to the end households. So basically, the software is meant for John and Julia in that case. They sign up at the software and they can do it themselves. And then the third part, which we are focusing on, is local energy communities. And our target customers are energy providers themselves. So we sell our software to an energy provider. Think about EWZ in Zurich. Think about BKW in Bern or SEG in Geneva. So these are our customers. We sell our software to these customers. Um, from us, they get this matching algorithm and the whole billing um, software, and they get a white label user app. Well, what does white label mean? White label means that the company that is our customer can brand the app in their corporate identity. So basically, EWZ rolls out this app to Zurich-based households. These households do not know that it's Echnaton behind it, but they think the software actually comes from EWZ. And for, for the energy provider, this obviously is quite great because they don't have to produce software in-house, but they can still uh, pretend the software comes directly from them. It's a new customer channel and John and Julia see the EWZ logo all the time. So this is actually what is quite good for the utility provider here. Got it. We know interruptions are rude, so we'll make it quick. The more positive ratings we have, the more people we can reach. So if you want to hear more from the Swisspreneur team, give our show a rating on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute. You also mentioned the sort of challenge of having a not liberalized energy market in Switzerland. So in, in what way does that affect you or also is a challenge for you and your company? So for local energy communities, it is actually not, not a challenge. So if we sell our software to the energy providers, um, it can work that way. On the other side, once the market is liberalized, there will be much more competition among the, among the energy providers. And when we're at that point, they all want to be the first ones with great products. They are really fighting for their customers. And in that regard, it would be beneficial for us um, if the market is opening up because we will have more competition. And um, you can also think about a scenario where households actually change their energy providers because they hear other energy providers have these super cool digital products like energy communities, um, like, um, uh, let's say, some other solar scenarios, um, the best uh, offers for um, in integrating um, electric vehicles. So these 
digital service will make the the competitive advantage of energy providers in the future and this is where energy providers really have to stock up and be creative bring new innovation to the market and we think we can definitely help these companies on their path here as we do have great data crunching capabilities uh, we're great at building software and from our experience with users we know how to build great software for the energy sector and this is where we want to go we help we want to help energy providers in the long term absolutely so in that way you also found your way around that potential challenge of not having a liberalized energy market but still building up a company, you know, you usually face a lot of different challenges. So if you had to pick one uh, challenge to address, what was the toughest one that you had to overcome with your company so far? Oh, wow. Well, there, there's so many challenges. And, you know, um, one day it's a challenge and the next day with the next challenge, you think back to these first challenges and you think like, wow, this was actually not so hard in, in the retro perspective. Finding your first customers is always a great challenge. I mean, we're a younger startup. What kind of credibility do we have? Um, it's hard talking to your first customers. You have to grow into that role. So this was definitely something that was super hard in the beginning. Uh, but I think we're at a point where it's all right now. Finding, uh, talking to, to the first investor in your life is challenging. You don't know how to sell your company. Um, you're, you're afraid of, uh, saying the wrong things or being too cheap, being too expensive. So there's, uh, there's a lot of things that you, you fear. Um, let me think what other challenges did we have? Um, finding, the right team members is a big challenge. I mean, I'm I'm lucky to have two great co-founders. Uh, I have known them before. So um, the risk here is comparably low to other startups that have met at some uh, innovation uh, event where they create their own startup or at a hackathon or whatever event startups come out. Um, but then it's also hard finding right additions to your team members. How will they fit into the team? Uh, how will they like the team? How will they like the work? Are they um, responsible? Can you rely on them? So um, actually, we are having so many challenges. I don't even know where to start with naming them. Uh, but that's also the fun part about being an entrepreneur. I mean, you grow into that role. You learn tremendously fast. Um, I think if we were about to uh, do this interview ten months ago or twelve months ago, you would me you would have met a completely different Lillian than today. And let's just see what happens in the future. Uh, let's let's see what 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 I'm like in a year. Um, I think you learn incredibly many valuable things and. Um, that's that's just uh, a super nice experience I do not want to miss in my life. Um, maybe one more thing that was that can be challenging at times. I mean, um, sometimes you get offers or like cooperation requests and you don't really know what to do with them. 
is it a is it really a good opportunity is it a not so good opportunity and for us um i mean we do have work experience but we don't have a lifelong work experience that we can rely on or like that we can recall previous situations from and that was sometimes very hard for us to judge on which leads to pursue and which leads better not to pursue this was really challenging for me i have to admit yeah because you also want to invest your time wisely in the in the right deals ideally and that yeah, ideally <laughs> is a tough uh, tough call yeah so in I that mean, regard uh, yeah i mean just just one comment on this uh, where to invest your time in that's uh, a super tough one i mean um you can talk to hundreds of people and especially when you're fundraising um it's also it's also the case that many people want to talk to you, but at the end of the day, you also have to see what is a promising lead and where should I invest my time to? Because otherwise, you just talk to people, you meet many super nice, friendly people out there, but at the end of the month, you're looking back and you're like, well, what have I achieved during the last four weeks? Um, what are my hottest leads? So you really always have to keep traction, uh, track on of that, and that's also quite challenging at times. And, you know, talking about partnerships and collaboration, you recently participated in the Energy Startup Day. Did that make any difference to you or how important is the Energy Startup Day for you as a company? Um, the Energy Startup Day for us uh, as a company was a very good event. Uh, we met uh, a couple of uh, great investors at that event. So um, it's always uh, it's always good when you have the chance of, of meeting people Um especially in Corona times when most of the events were, were canceled uh, throughout the year. Uh, right now, I have the feeling uh, many events that were canceled in summer are now have now been shifted uh, towards the end of the year. And we're actually on an event marathon, which is fun and exhausting at the same time. Um, but now these events are super important for us. And we actually love these events that are also focused on the energy sector um, because you have you meet very like-minded people at these events and uh, this is very very helpful on um, on advancing our product on uh, discussing next critical steps for our company because these people have seen a lot of other energy startups out there and um, can support us with very valuable um, information. I'm not saying that a broad audience is uh, is uh, is bad. Um, actually, it's also quite nice getting input from complete, uh, um, uh, yeah, from completely new people once in a time but uh, these energy events are uh, very important for us yeah and they also probably help you with the challenges that you mentioned right finding investors finding the right talent to uh, hire these are all things where the right events can actually help you but again uh, there can probably also be a tough challenge to decide where you want to invest your time Yes, of course. I mean, uh, those are great, um, great options. Uh, you have to see where you invest your time in. But I have to say for the um, energy startup days, it's always good to invest your time in. Um, the more specific the events are, 
the most likely is it that you um, profit from from the feedback. That's our experience so far. But we've also had super great events that were super broad. For example, we also participated in the startup days, which was a great experience. So there's there's a lot of events out there which are just very um, valuable for young startups. And I'm super glad that despite of Corona, there is still such events. And now from looking back, you know, to your event attendances, um, we also want to look into the future. You mentioned fundraising is on the top of your mind at the moment, despite all the events ongoing. But what are your plans for the future? What can we expect from you and also Echnaton over the next 12 months? A lot. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, first of all, we have to close our funding round. Our seed round is scheduled for Q2 next year. Um, but let's not talk about fundraising because uh, it's way more interesting uh, what will happen inside the company. Um, we are about to launch our um, our new product platform. So you can imagine it like that. Um, we have completely rebuilt our prototype. It's now a scalable platform. Um, from the technical side, we, we do not care whether it's a thousand people using our software or a hundred thousand. Um, obviously, from the business side, we do care. Um, the more the merrier. Um, so we're about to launch this new platform. Um, we're about to go live um, with this new platform in our two existing communities. And we hope to be able to serve further communities in the next few months. So as I said, we do have a um, customer pipeline. We're very much looking forward to um, establishing um, new customer relationships uh, with these customers out there. Um, but further, obviously, you also always grow the product. Um, you revise the product. Um, we now did the back end completely new. We also um, did lots of work on the front end, but we're definitely um, hiring front end developers as a next step to make our product visually more attractive and to improve the user experience of our product. Um, so that's the product development uh, milestones. And I mean, to create a great product, you need a great team. So we think about growing the team. We do not only think about what will, we will grow the team. And I mean, this is basically the whole circle, right? You need money to hire people to build a great team, but then you need a, uh, to build a great product, excuse me. Um, with a great product, you get more customers and then more money gets in. And um, this is the, the vicious cycle that you have to get into uh, in the first year. It really feels like it's a devil's cycle because you don't know where to start. Um, but as soon as um, the, the, the wheels are spinning a little bit, uh, there is some movement in this cycle and uh, we can continue. Um, yeah, so I think... Fantastic. I think we have an exciting time ahead and I look forward to it. 100%. So you have a lot of things in store for us. Now we talked a lot about Echnaton and the company and we also want to know a bit more about you as a person. So we do have five rapid fire questions for you. The first one is, what was your job as a teenager? Oh, um, I had many jobs as a teenager. Um, what you have to know about me, um, I 
I always wanted to work as fast as possible and I wanted to go out there and to make some money to be able to decide what things to buy. And my funniest job actually was making market research for the design of a, a packaging for condoms. That's a good one. I haven't heard that before. That's a good one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, no, I had many different other jobs as well. I worked in a store. I worked at a design agency. Um, so many, many of these little jobs. But you learn a lot. You, uh, you learn a lot about other people, about other people's perspectives. And that was an amazing time. I don't want to miss. Fair point. And what are you actually most proud of in your life? Ah, that's also a tough question. I mean, I'm definitely very, very proud about the progress we've made with, with Eshnaton, with the company here. Um, if you had asked me a year ago, where do you want to be in a year? Um, and if I look into the mirror today, uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of the progress we've made. So it's been a fantastic journey. But on the other side, I'm also uh, proud I still have a private life, which is very important. You need to find a balance between work and life. Um, yeah, I'm in general, I think uh, I'm quite happy with where I am today, uh, which is nice if you can say that. And I'm very much looking forward to the future. A perfect position to be in. The next one, uh, usually we ask about Swiss cities, but I think with you as a guest, it's more appropriate to ask about a choice between Switzerland, Germany, or Austria, if you had to make one choice, which county would you choose? Oh, you're giving me a tough choice uh, again. Um, so I am from Germany. Um, yeah, you know that. Uh, but I, I love Switzerland. Uh, it's, it's amazing living here. Uh, the landscape is amazing. I'm, I'm always amazed by how beautiful this country is, by how nice the people are by how interested the people are. Um, that is an amazing experience as well. So um, I cannot say I, I want, I will live here for the rest of my life, but I will definitely live here in, in Switzerland for the next few years. And I do not have any plans on changing that. Fair point. And if you have to choose between Apple or Google, what would your choice be? <laughs> um, so all my hardware is from Apple. I love Apple. Um, I love Apple software as well. But then there are these uh, these few services from Google I just love. I mean, Google Maps is amazing. And I think it beats Apple Maps by far. Um, Gmail is amazing. Um, so yeah, I think I'm a Apple hardware person and for software I'm torn apart. Apple and Google, whatever I I think offers the better user experience for that one service. Right. So the right combination in that the regard. Right combination. And the last one, the last one for you today, lake or mountains? Here I have a clear answer. Mountains. I love being in the mountains. Um, obviously, I also like being at a lake. Um, the best combination would be a lake in the mountains. <laughs> so to make it, uh, to make it, uh, to give you a a divided um, answer again. No, but if I had to choose, I would always spend a day out in the mountains rather than spending the day at the lake. Awesome. Lillian, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure talking to you and we wish you and Echnaton all the best and lots of success for the future. 
and hope to read, see, and hear many more stories about you and your company. All the best. Thank you, Silvan. It was a great uh, pleasure being here. Um, it was a lot of fun for me. I hope you enjoyed it too. And I look forward to many more episodes of Swisspreneur. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of the Swisspreneur Show.